1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the hottest sports action for your shot at cold hard cash with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite sports all summer long. With football season coming up, right now is the perfect time to gear up. New customers can get a risk-free bet up to a thousand dollars. Just make your first bet up to a thousand dollars, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get another shot at a big win. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR, make your first deposit, get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, risk-free bet, paid out in the form of a non-withdrawable free bet token, maximum of $1,000. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. It's late Wednesday night. Um, Long day. Got up early. Went up to Fort Collins for the first scrimmage. It was extremely hot out there. I Felt for the players on the turf. I wore some sunscreen. Did not wear enough sunscreen. (laughs) Rookie move on my part. I got some toasty ears right now. It's it's not great, guys. It's not <laughs> great. But it, it was cool to see them get some live reps. I'm I'm really appreciative of Norvell for letting the scrimmages be open. Every other staff that I've covered, even when they did give access in, in Fall Camp and let us watch some practices, for some reason, you know, they'd never let us watch the scrimmages. I don't know. Maybe they thought we were out to get them. Maybe they thought we were gonna blow their their game plan. There's a lot of unnecessary secrecy in college football but you know Norvell's been pretty awesome about access so that's that was great it was great to be out there um the execution it, it wasn't great particularly offensively I'm not going to get carried away here and you know have a bunch of hot takes or anything like that the play calling was not super aggressive you could tell they were more focused on on working on situational drills or not drills like just scenarios. I mean, both the number two and number one offense, their first possession was at like the two yard line backed up deep in their own territory. And the point of it was to just see how everybody responded. I mean, Norvell said it afterwards, the, the level of execution was about what they expected. You know, they weren't necessarily trying to call Money plays, or you know, hit on a bunch of long passes down the field. There were there were a couple moments where the, the offense tried to stretch the field. Ty McCullough had a long touchdown where it looked like there was a, a break in coverage somewhere. Justice Ross Simmons, if if you're on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen that catch by now, one handed grab over Aiden Hector. He had two touchdowns today, but it was a lot of situational work. Starting with you know those first touches where they're backed up deep in their own territory. The number two offense was out there first, led by Giles Pooler. They went against number one defense. Number one defense pretty much shut them down. Then the number one offense came out, and they faced kind of like a hybrid version. It was a lot of twos, but also a couple of ones defensively. And and they really weren't able to do much. The, uh, The defensive line really was able to generate a lot of pressure. They were able to just kind of disrupt what CSU was doing trying to get, or what the offense was doing trying to get deep out of their own territory. First play was like a drop, the middle for no gain. Second play, they tried to do a, a pass, and the D-line was able to generate pressure through the interior. It, it was ruled an incomplete pass. Clay Mellon threw it away. I thought it could have been a safety. A couple plays later, they actually did rule a safety. Obviously, you're not actually hitting the quarterback I did feel like the offensive line responded a little bit after those you know, first couple of plays where they really got blown up, but there were, there were just a lot of penalties. There were a lot of things that they need to clean up altogether. Again, it's the first scrimmage. We're not trying to make mountains out of molehills, but I mean, you know, you got Michigan coming up in three weeks, so they're, they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, in the spring game, there were some struggles too, so I mean, that's kind of two scenarios with live reps where the defensive line has kind of dominated and you know maybe you just have a really good defensive line we'll see but even with somewhat of a, a shaky performance today from the o line i'm not i'm not particularly worried i just think with the amount of experience you have between you know the the transfers that they brought in eventually they're going to figure it out you just you got to establish continuity i mean you can work together as as a unit in practice and do all the drills and you know, even do seven on sevens in situations where you're blocking, but th- there's no substitution for just eleven on eleven live reps, and they got they got a chance to do that yesterday. They'll have another chance next Wednesday, and then they have, I think it's on the twenty seventh, the the mock game, which will be the final scrimmage. I'm gonna go through just kind of a, a projected starting lineup on both sides of the ball here momentarily, uh, but just a couple of more observations. Again, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like a true game or anything like that, but I feel like the young wide receivers are, are just consistently making plays. Justice Ross Simmons was kind of the star today. Uh, we've seen Makai Fox make some plays. He's been running with the ones pretty consistently. Louie Brown got an opportunity to be with the ones today. Torrey Horton did not participate. That should be thrown out there. I think he's been a non-contact lately. That's fine. He, Out of everyone on the offense, he probably needs the scrimmage the least. But this coaching staff is going to have some really difficult decisions when it comes to personnel and, you know, who ultimately is going to play all year, who is, you know, going to get redshirted. I mean, that's that's a big part of what Norvell talked about after the scrimmage is, you know, yeah, they want to execute plays, but they got to figure out these tough personnel decisions. And that's why they're trying to, you know, test these individuals and put them in certain scenarios to see how they respond. Because you got to know who's ready, you know, for Michigan with the, with the rule that allows you to play up to four games and still redshirt, you have a little bit more flexibility. You don't have to you know, have your roster in concrete at the beginning of the year. But you can't play all these guys all year, and you don't necessarily want to burn their eligibility if they're only going to get lim- uh, limited reps. At the same time, well, I, I mean no disrespect to a couple of the veterans that came back. you know, E.J. Scott, Justice McCoy, guys that have been very dedicated to CSU, I think it's cool they chose to stick around. I really do. I mean, if, if you have guys that are potentially going to be able to make you know more plays for you, be more dynamic, I mean, does it really make sense t- to keep those guys on the bench? I mean, that's why it's hard. Uh, at this point, I would say I probably expect Makai um, Fox and Justice Ross Simmons out of all of the the true freshmen to be the two that would have the best chance to kind of play significant snaps this year. But that could change. I mean, again, you know, Louis Brown was with the, the ones today. Jordan Williams, the, the tight end, although that role is kind of like a wide receiver in this offense. Could he see the field? I mean, it's it's going to be tough calls. It's going to come down to, you know, executing on on special teams, although Norvell did say that they're going to have no qualms playing offensive and defensive starters, you know, on, on special teams. They just want the best players on the field. It's a good problem to have. I mean, they have more talent and athleticism than they've had in a long time. But managing the roster, man, that's that's a massive part of being a head coach. And you gotta factor in feelings and, you know, chemistry and the status of the locker room and all kinds of other things as well. So it's it's gonna be an important couple of weeks. And I'm gonna be really interested to see which one of these young guys ultimately, you know, come October, November are, you know, playing significant snaps for CSU. All right, I'm going to play some audio from Jay Norvell here talking to me, uh, Mike Brohard, Mike Rowe, and uh, Nathan. I I can't remember his name. I apologize from the Loveland Reporter Herald. Then I'm going to go over a a loose depth chart who I expect to be starting for the offense and defense come September 3rd. Uh, Real quick, though, want to talk about FOCO. Colorado sports fans, your home for Denver sports coverage, is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. DNVR teamed up with FOCO to ensure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, Rapids, you name it. They have something for you or a loved one. If you're looking to give a gift to a diehard sports fan, they have officially licensed gear for men, women, kids, everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. It's crazy. Their website is a lot of fun to look at. Head on over to FOCO.com and for all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR to get 10% off. Jay, first scrimmage of fall, how did you feel like the execution went?
0: I mean, it was about a first scrimmage. Um, You know, we practice a certain way and then we scrimmage. It's a different situation. So we got a lot of things to clean up. First time we've had officials out there, obviously got to clean up some things with penalties. Really trying to put some guys in some situations. And so a lot of what we did wasn't necessarily to have, good plays offensive and defensively it was to see how certain players would react and we have a lot of personnel decisions to make here in the next uh two weeks and a lot of these players we've never had before so we don't really know what they are until we get them in a live situation so I thought it was good we got a we got about 30 more plays than I was anticipating getting but we needed a good long old-fashioned scrimmage today and Um, I think we got a bunch of stuff on tape we'll learn from. Isn't the first scrimmage of the fall really just an evaluation for you guys to see where they're at and where you need to kind of focus on who needs to be? Yeah, we have have a lot of players um, that we haven't seen live very much. And and so we wanted to see them. They've done a lot of things in practice pretty well. But, you know, it's kind of like Mike Tyson, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. And so, um, you know, we found some things out about some guys in um, co- really competitive situations. And we've got a lot of decisions to make at our skill positions. I mean, we have a lot of young players that are really talented. Um, you know, and a lot of kids did some good things today. Um, so we have a lot of decisions to make before we solidify our, our top units.
1: All right, that was Jay Norvell speaking with the media following CSU scrimmage on Wednesday. Speaking of Jay Norvell, I'm super stoked on Thursday morning, 10.45 a.m., live from the DNVR studio. He's going to join me for a live edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. That link will be on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Go to the DNVR Sports YouTube to check it out. If you can't watch or tune in live, that is okay. You can watch it after. I'll put it in your podcast feeds like normal. But it's just really cool. I mean, I, I just, I very much appreciate the staff for, you know, one, including me on this. Typically, this kind of stuff only happens for legacy media. And that means, you know, newspaper and TV stations. And while, while I mean no disrespect, I just, I'm in Fort Collins a lot more than the TV stations or the Denver Post. And I feel like this is just kind of a, a nice little, you know, recognition of the of the coverage that I've been providing for CSU. So Big thanks to Jay Norvell individually, and then Kyle Neves from CSU for for being willing to set this up. He's been great as far as access goes for me, and he's just been great to work with. So I appreciate it. I appreciate CSU. Really looking forward to it. I'm going to try and ask Jay some questions he doesn't get asked all day, get to know him a little bit. It, it's going to be fun. Anyways, we uh, we'll play some player audio from today later on. Real quick, though, I just kind of wanted to... Go through what I think the depth chart is going to be. Um, starting with quarterback, I think Clay Millen, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Assuming he's healthy, he's going to be one. He's been with the ones the entire time he's been here. Uh, that's never been in question. Giles Pooler, the backup at the moment. Um, he can throw it, man. He can sling it. He's not currently on scholarship, so kind of an interesting dynamic there. But... It's kind of nice. I mean, his his mother's a professor at CSU, so he does get reduced tuition. It's not like he's paying for it completely. Uh, personally, I think your backup quarterback deserves to be on scholarship regardless of semantics and all that. But the other way to look at it is, you know, you can use that scholarship on, on someone else as well. So, I mean, that's, you know, another tough decision. But Millen won two-pooler. And then based on how the reps have been going lately, three would be Jackson Stratton. Four would be Braden Fowler-Nicolosi. However, it's really more like 3A, 3B. Uh, Running back, it's kind of similar. It's going to be a running back by committee situation. Actually, just real quick before we get into the backs, I do want to say that the young guns, the freshmen, Stratton, and Fowler-Nicolosi, they had some really impressive throws today in seven-on-sevens, in particular in the red zone. I was impressed with the way that they were able to fit it into some tight spaces, a couple of nice touch passes. Uh, Stratton in the scrimmage had one throw where he scrambled to his left, was able to kind of throw cross body and, and connect with uh, Jarek Robinson down the field. He, he's got an impressive arm. Both of these guys really do. And they just look like they're playing with a lot more confidence. I mean, that makes sense that Clay was the most confident in the spring. He had a year advantage in the system over everybody. But I do think that they're, they're looking solid, and the depth that they have in that quarterback room is, is massive because, as we all know, I mean, you're an injury away from your entire season being flipped on its head. Just wanted to throw out there that I feel like the, the quarterbacks have been looking good top to bottom even though today was not necessarily the best day for the offense uh, as far as execution goes. Uh, Getting back to the running backs, it's going to be a committee scenario. I think like Vivens and and Avery Morrow are 1A, 1B, and then David Bailey, Jalen Thomas, 2A, 2B. I think you see all four of those guys at various points, particularly early in the season. I mean, you're going to want to be able to run the football to take some of that pressure off your redshirt freshman quarterback. The fact that they have four guys that have all produced at at various points, I mean, Morrow's mostly been a backup at this point of his career, but he looked really good at the end of the season last year, you know, killed CSU. But you got David Bailey, a guy when healthy, has been very effective. I mean, Jalen Thomas, we go back to that 2019 season, he had like 400-something rushing yards. He was great. Vivens, I think, is probably the most explosive, most dynamic, gives you the most versatility as well. But, you know, I I think they've got a, a good group here. And I think CSU, especially early, that they should and likely will run the football a little more than than folks expect. I'm not saying it's going to be a Dazio ball, but I mean this this iteration of the air raid in the pistol is you know designed to be able to run the ball more effectively. That was one of the things I talked with Matt Mummy back in the spring about. You know they realized if they kind of take that from the the run and shoot, that they can they can you know run the ball more effectively. Anyways, that's just my two cents. Uh, fullback in in quotations because there are very few scenarios in which they actually are going to use a true fullback. Maybe maybe some goal line sets. It'll be Gary Williams. I, I don't know if you saw the Phil Steele preview. He was listed as a fullback. He's still playing tight end. It's just kind of a hybrid role. Think Kevon Cartwright. If you're if you're old enough, I mean, just kind of move them all over. Peter Montini, I think, will fill that role when healthy. He got hurt back in the spring. Not sure if he's going to be able to play this fall or not. At wide receiver, it's probably the most open as far as offense goes. I mean, Torrey Horton's your number one. Melquan Stobel, Tamakola, those guys have all been playing a lot. Obviously, you have Dante Wright still. I I would say those four are your ones. You you won't necessarily have them all on the field at the same time, but, I mean, you're going to play eight, nine receivers. So, you know, Makai Fox, Justice Ross Simmons, Louis Wright, Louis Brown, not Louis Wright, excuse me, uh, Thomas Penunzio. Those guys should all be in the mix. Justice McCoy, EJ Scott, those will kind of be like your threes. Jarek Robinson as well, kind of behind uh, Stovall and Wright as far as that little slot option goes. I already talked about it, but they got a lot of receivers. So I, I don't necessarily think all those guys I listed will play, but I mean, probably eight of them at least. You know, a tight end, Tanner Arkin, one, Gary Williams, two. And then 3A, 3B, however you want to frame it, Jordan Williams, true freshman, Drake Martinez, maybe redshirt Williams and and play Martinez, but Arkin Williams is a solid 1-2 punch at tight end. I mean, when you just look at Arkin, he's massive, man, bigger than Trey McBride, really, really tough to cover, probably not quite as athletic, maybe doesn't have quite as insane of hands, and he's definitely not the blocker that Trey was, but... This guy's going to be really, really good. Maybe he'll be in the the pitch for the Mackey a couple years from now. At the offensive line, I expect Dante Keyes to be at right tackle, although Chez Jackson was getting some reps out there as well, fifth-year senior. Right guard, I expect Gray Davis, Nevada transfer, Jacob Gardner at center, Dante Bivens at left guard, Tulsa transfer, and then left tackle, I expect it to be Brian Crespo. That's essentially what it's been since spring. No surprises there. Moving along to the defensive line. Um, defensive tackle, I think, is a really competitive position right now. Devin Phillips is going to play, assuming he's healthy. But you've got Cam Baratow, Grady Kelly, and James Mitchell all essentially vying for that that other starting defensive tackle position. Right now, I'd probably give the the upper hand to Baratow, he's just so strong. I think Grady Kelly is going to be really good. He uh, needs to put on a little weight. I think he's probably a year away from being the type of impactful player that I do think he really can be, and I think Mitchell's got a lot of potential as well, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that rotation works. I don't think necessarily it'll be quite like last year where you have one guy out there or almost every snap, You know, whether it's Toby or, or Manny. I think they'll kind of rotate it around at edge, it'll be Mo Kamara and CJ Onyeki, Linebacker, Daquan Jackson. And then Drew Keelick, the, the, the walk-on. Started in the spring game, had a pick. Continues to play well. If you read any previews, and again, I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, that talk about like Cameron Carter being the star of the defense. I just don't see that happening. I know he's a guy that's played a lot over the last couple of years. But I mean, he's been with the twos and threes pretty much all of fall. I mean, didn't start in the spring game. That's a, it's a pretty telling indication. I've already brought this up before, but the fact that Phil Steele has not listed as his projected starting linebacker. I mean, Phil Steele didn't know who Drew Kulik was. That's coming from his conversation with Norvell. So I, just something to keep an eye on. I think it'll be Jackson and Kulik. I think you see some other guys work their way into that rotation, but I think those will be the starters.
0: And in the secondary,
1: you've just got a lot of unique talent. I think they're going to be really versatile. I think it'll be kind of that nickel role. You have like Taiwan Francis, although, you know, Blackburn can kind of do it too. You also have Jack Howell, Angel King to rotate at safety. Aiden Hector, you can move all over whether you want to put him down in the nickel. He has experience at safety. Collegiately was recruited as a corner. I mean, I think all those guys you're gonna play in, in varying roles in that secondary. King, I do think, will be the deep safety basically at all times. But I mean, if you're putting Hector at corner, you have just a lot of versatility with guys that have played serious minutes. Howell is a uh, is really rangy. You know, Blackburn is is a thumper down by the line of scrimmage. So is is Taiwan. You know, King obviously has his great range as well. That's why that's why Freddie Banks has wanted to move him to safety for a couple of years now. So I'm I'm really excited about them. I think that's probably the group that I'm most excited to see how it pans out. And just like how they're able to use him, because this 425 is just you're going to be able to have a lot more guys on the field than you would have in previous years. I think it's going to be good. At corner, uh, Chiggy's going to be the number one, and then Greg Lede, Northern Colorado transfer, probably the other starting corner. Behind them, I, 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 DeAndre Greeley and Brandon Guzman, probably. Greeley, I think for sure, Guzman, probably. And then probably like Robert Floyd and, and Tyus Jones after that. Not super crazy about the depth that they have at corner, to be honest, but I, I do think adding Hector was just massive because he's a guy you can play all over. Did get mossed by Justice Ross Simmons today in the end zone, but that, that was more just an incredible play. I think I think Hector going to be really good. And right, I'm going to play you some Clay Millen audio before we get out of here. Make sure you tune into my interview with Jay Norvell. tomorrow going to be a blast. I have a ton of written content ready for you. We've had some technical issues uh, with the site. That's why I have not published as much as of late. I've been trying to, and it has not been going up, but uh, we're close to fixing that. So keep your eye out. I have literally like four articles ready to go right now. So looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for football to actually be here, but now we're in the full swing of camp scrimmages. It feels damn good. Much love to you guys. Again, here's some audio with Clay Millen. That's all I have for today, peace.
0: How important was the scrimmage for you, like personally, because yeah. you're now the guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was good uh, to be out there and actually be in like a live scrimmage type of thing. Like the last time we've had that was a spring game. So obviously practice every single day, we try and take what we do in practice and then put it into the scrimmage. Um, I thought we had some good stuff today. I thought we had some stuff that we need to obviously work on. Um, so I'm excited, yeah, it was good.